Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 254 for the 6th of Av and Alipir. So first of all, as you may have noticed from my voice, I have gotten a new microphone. Very exciting. It was really frustrating, to be honest, that I kept having issues with my mic and I kept sending it back to get repaired and just not really having a proper mic in the meantime. Uh, the way, the message that I kind of took from this from in a spiritual sense is just like not to get discouraged and just to understand that sometimes things that are really special and really important to do, sometimes for whatever reason, Hashem puts certain obstacles in our way and he wants us to work harder and harder to to make them happen. So that's sort of how I took it with my microphone, that it just, this podcast is really something that I feel is very important for for me to put out into the world. And so for whatever reason, Hashem decided to put some obstacles, but hopefully those obstacles are gone. And now that I have a good mic to work with, we're good to go. So hopefully the audio quality is a lot better on your end. So, okay, so let's get into the episode today. So I want to begin by telling you guys a story, once again, about a time that I was working out, doing some exercises. I know that I use this a lot because this is a a big part of my life, and I see a lot of parallels in my yoga practice, my contortion practice, my handstand practice, and in my spiritual practice. I think there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn. But in this case, I'm actually going to be talking about several years ago, before I got really heavy into yoga, and I actually did a boot camp class with a friend of mine who was also really into working out. And we did this class and we really loved it. We had a great time. And after the class, we went to visit another friend. And the friend that we went to visit is not really a workout buff, not really into working out. But being a good friend, being polite, she said to us, she said, so how was was your workout? And kind of in unison with this like look of like a thrill in our eyes, we said, oh, it was awesome. It hurts so much. We're in so much pain. And she just looked us looked at us with this like bizarre expression of incredulity she was like what is wrong with you guys why would you willingly put yourselves through pain and why are you describing this painful experience as being awesome and so those of you that do work out those of you who or have worked out at some point in your lives and you, you'll get it it won't seem so strange to you you understand how really a couple of things are going on first of all you understand the fact that you if you really want to progress in your workout if you want to get better if you want to see improvements there's going to be a certain amount of pain involved it's sort of like you don't want to injure yourself and there is maybe that is something that you want to be aware of but if you want to get past if you want to get better if you want to improve if you want to get stronger if you want to get faster if you want to get more flexible or whatever it is you have to push yourself past your limits which is going to involve a certain amount of pain it's not necessarily going to be the most pleasant experience also together with that 
there was this really interesting thing called like the pain pleasure principle, which is where there was kind of like this fine line between pain and pleasure. And there's it the receptors in the brain are very mixed and linked in that way, which is why like in the extreme sense you can have, and this is kind of maybe a dysfunction of that in a certain way, you could have people who are very masochistic, who actually enjoy inflicting pain of themselves, uh, like in, like in a real way. And that's, we don't want to get too much into that now, but there is something to be said about that because there is this kind of like fine line between pain, pain and pleasure in terms of exercise this has been studied quite a bit with uh what we people usually refer to as a, a runner's high which in other words is just like this rush of endorphins that comes into the brain when a person is um gets to a certain point of like intensity in their workout whether it's running whether it's lifting weights whether it's uh, whether it's yoga, whatever it is, there's going to be this rush of endorphins. This is true even in terms of labor. When a woman is giving birth, there's something called oxytocin, which f- flushes in. So while she's having contractions and these contractions are really, really painful, the body kind of like compensates uh, in, in for this pain by bringing this, this flow, this rush oxytocin, which is a very pleasurable kind of hormone. So uh, so why am I bringing all this up? So because what we'll learn, what we're going to be learning about today is that when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to our spiritual growth, this there's actually a very similar thing at play. And when we recognize this, when we recognize this process, then we can actually come to not only a sense of acceptance over certain things that happen in our life that feel less than ideal, but we can actually come to embrace them in a certain sense and accept them even with joy in a certain sense. This is not to say, God forbid, that we're wishing pain upon anybody or negative things to happen to anybody. Ultimately, we want to live in a world where there is no pain, where there is no suffering. However, the reality is that right now, there is pain in our lives and all of us have experienced things in our lives that are less that feel less than ideal that do feel painful sometimes that do feel really challenging in our lives and so we may not have well we may not have a choice over these different happenings in our lives we do have a choice in terms of how we relate to this how we deal with this pain and so what we'll learn about today is really how in looking at this pain and understanding this pain we have to see that this pain is actually a gift that god is giving to us as hard as that might might be for us to fathom and imagine it actually is because what's happening on a spiritual level is that the pain that we're getting down here in this world is kind of like a trade-off. It's it's saving us from much bigger potential suffering that we might have had if not for experiencing the suffering. A way that I can kind of translate this again, going back to my analogy of working out and my own practice and all of that, when I do yoga day after day, then yes, truly, certain poses that I do are very painful. They're really, really difficult. So there's one that comes to mind, this extreme backbend that I do that every single day, it doesn't get any easier. It's extremely painful. However, at the same time, my engaging in this yoga practice is hopefully, I think anyways, saving me from other from much bigger pain, saving me from chronic back pain that a lot of people complain about at my age or even younger. People complain about chronic back pain. People complain about different aches and pains, sciatica, all of these kind of things. So by taking these preliminary measures of working out day after day and kind of like accepting this challenge upon myself and uh, accepting these minor painful experiences, it can actually save me from much bigger pain. And it works the same thing, same way spiritually too, that these different 
painful experiences that we receive down here in our lives, the suffering that we endure in this physical world is actually a way of God saving us from much greater suffering in the next world. And the way to kind of visualize this, and this is the visualization that the ultra bit brings, is in terms of a shadow, as in terms of understanding ourselves and our lives here in this world, what we think of our lives here as being super real, super like this is it, this is the whole thing. We're actually only getting like a little teeny glimpse as to our whole selves, as to the full picture of our souls, of our of our true reality, of reality itself. So the ultra likens this to a shadow and just like a shadow. So imagine that you were looking at, let's say you were sitting on your front porch and then there was like a shadow of your chair in front of you somehow let's say the way the light was reflected there was like a shadow that was appearing on a certain wall on the porch of your chair and you look at that shadow and you see it and then in the course of the day the shadow moves and why does the shadow move because the sun moves that's how shadows work right and while the shadow may only move a centimeter or two just a few inches whatever it is the truth is what that shadow is reflecting is the movement of the sun across thousands of miles so we're giving getting this like little glimpse of movement of the sun through the shadow but it looks so small compared to what's really going on and so this is what the ultra about like gives us an analogy to really understand this process of pain in our experiences here in this world. That when we experience a small amount of pain in this world, it's actually saving us from much, much greater pain in the next world, much greater suffering in the next world. And this works also in a positive way as well, that when we sanctify ourselves, is the language the ultra uses, when we sanctify ourselves a little bit here in this world, like we just make a minor effort, just like the person who goes to the gym just a little bit, just once a day, they go to the gym for five minutes, the effect of that is going to be incredibly great way disproportionately great just like again just like that shadow just like the movement of that shadow is so slight but that's a reflection of a much greater movement that's happening cosmically so let's get into the text and see how the ultra explains this for context we are in chapter 12 of igarasa chuva this is the final chapter of igarasa chuva so we are completing we're having a seam today completing a whole section of the tanya book this is the third section that we've completed so far and very very exciting we have two more sections to go after this. We have Igeris Kodesh and we have Kuntras Ahran. So yeah, let's get into the text and take it from there. So the Altarapa begins as kind of a continuation from last time where we began this discussion about having how we can come into a joyful state and it's joyful space in spite of some painful experiences that we might endure in the world and yesterday we focused on the idea of how this can this we can get to this state of joy and suffering through staying humble through recognizing the fact that none of us are perfect and that we've done many sins in our past and things like that and so that we don't we're not deserving of anything we're not entitled to anything else today the ultra is going to take it to the next level and he's going to tell us how not only should we not be like so downtrodden about suffering and have it like get upset about it but it actually can bring us joy and so the ultra says here he says that the reason for feeling joy in the suffering of the body is because this is actually this suffering for the body is actually a great favor for the soul that sins in order to cleanse it in this world, in order to spare it from the cleansing, from the scouring that happens in Gehenom. Gehenom is like 
translated often as hell, but it's really very different than the Christian idea of hell. So for now, I'm just going to keep it at that term of Gehenom, what that is. So not the time to elaborate so much, but basically the idea of Gehenom, this, this purgatory kind of place, maybe it's a better way to explain it. So the suffering here in this world saves a person from the suf great suffering in purgatory, in Gehenom. And then in brackets, the altar Rebbe says, especially, this is especially true in our generations, when people are, do not have, as we've discussed before, discussed before, we don't have the capacity to fast according to all of the fasts that, uh, that were instituted in, by the Arizal that, need, that are needed in order to cleanse the soul and, re and rescue it from the cleansing of Gehenom. So we spoke about this earlier in Yer Shuva, how basically the, the Arizal instituted a certain number of fasts that a person can do in order to, like there's a whole like prescription as to how to atone and cleanse a person's self. But nowadays we're just, we're not strong enough to fast. We talked about how we can give staka as kind of like a, a fill-in for that and everything. But here, we're also talking about how suffering can, here in this world can help that as well. And so this is just like what the Ramban, Zichron Lundurachal, of blessed memory, he wrote, he, he explained this in the, his introduction to an explanation of Eov, of the book of Job, that even the suffering of Eov for 70 years have no comparison to the suffering of one hour of even one hour in Gehenna. So like, so basically it's like if you ever read the story of Eov and you hear about the whole point of that story is all about how difficult his life was, how much suffering he endured. So while he endured that suffering for 70 years, this intense suffering. So the, uh, the, uh, the Ramban explains that all that suffering doesn't even compare to one hour of purgatory because as is written in the Gemara, and this is from Brachos, page 57b, the fire of here on earth, like physical fire, is but one-sixtieth of the fire of Gehenna. So it's like, just imagine being burnt by physical fire. That's just a sixtieth of the fire of, of uh, Gehenna. And so, and okay, why is it that this suffering that we experience here is such a small, in small measure to the suffering that is in Gehenna? It's because this world was built on kindness. So that's, this is a quote from Tehillim, chapter 89, verse 3, that it was built on kindness, like the foundation of this world is kind, kindness. And this is why we have this kind of like equation that a little bit of suffering here in this world, a person can be saved from very harsh decrees in the next world. And now the altar brings the analogy of the shadow, which I mentioned in the beginning, in the introduction to this to this uh, episode, that when we talk about the movement of a shadow uh, in on earth, if it moves even just a hand breath, a tefach, tefach it's called in Hebrew, then that equals the movement of the sun in the sky, like thousands of miles. So again, it's like imagine that you're just, you're tracking the movements throughout the course of a day of a shadow on a wall, whatever type of shadow that is. Assuming, of course, that the shadow is made by the sun and not artificial light. So that shadow, when it moves, the little movement of that shadow is, you know, that like think about how a sundial works. That sundial is really moving. It's, it's an equivalent to thousands of miles of move, movement from the sun. And so not only is this like a good analogy for us to think about this in terms of like the thousands of miles versus a hand breath, it's, this, is, this is true to an infinite degree in the nimshal, in the analog, when we think about like what's actually happening in terms of the soul and in terms of 
the worlds and all of that. In terms of when we think about the hishtalshalus of the worlds, from the highest levels until this world here in this physical realm. So like this descent of worlds. So it's like we're living in this physical world right now, but this is really just a glimpse of the bigger picture. This is like a shadow compared to the sun kind of, but even more so, which in this case, the sun would be like, like into like all the other worlds, all the, the greater spiritual worlds. And we can understand this through what is written in the Holy Zohar from the idea of the elevation of the world of the greater worlds. Um, that come about through the Esarusa Dilatata, through the arousal from from below. So like through the offering, so what does this mean? Like the offering, like a, when somebody brings a, a sacrificial offering of one fowl or one dove or one pigeon on the, uh, on the altar or like a meal offering also, all of these things. And so too, so back in the day, we would bring actual sacrifices on the temple, but nowadays also any like actual practical mitzvahs that we do, so as the Arizal explains, that it's like any practical physical mitzvahs that we do, it, it, it's like a small mitzvah down here, but it causes these great effects above. Again, like that shadow, kind of. So this is why um, Baal Travis says that the sages commented, and this is from Masachat Yoma, page 39a, on the verse, and this is a verse from Vayikra, chapter 20, verse 7, that you should sanctify yourselves and you will be holy. So what does this mean? How did the sages in the Gemara and Yoma explain this? That if a person sanctifies themselves a little bit down below, then he is sanctified above, he's sanctified very much above. So it's like, all we have to do is just do a little bit, and this will cause us very much sanctification above so again going back to that analogy of the working out it's like you just have to work out a little bit every day do two push-ups a day <laughs> you know two sit-ups a day whatever it is and that's going to cause great benefit and on a spiritual level all the more so even to a much 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 greater degree and then in brackets the altar goes on and he says that we actually explained this like earlier on in tanya we talked about this idea of a shell kicham mitzvotav like who sanctified us with his mitzvahs. So this we say this in many brachas that we say on the aspect of Sovav Kolamin, that it's related to Sovav Kolamin, which is the level that transcends all the world. So we spoke about this earlier in Tanya, about how the mitzvahs specifically relate to the aspect of God that transcends all the worlds because the effects of the mitzvahs is transcendent. It's way beyond anything measured. And so too, is this the case when it comes to reward and punishment? As the, uh, as the sages said, that the schar mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. The reward of the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. This comes from Pirkei Avos, chapter 4, verse 2. And so this is explained elsewhere, says the Alter Rebbe, and it's actually elementary knowledge to those who know, to those who are like discerning. And those who have intelligence in this matter, who, who are maskilim, it's called like a maskil, will discover good in this. So that's the conclusion of this chapter, the conclusion of the Sefer. And so just to bring it back, bring it all together, the basic message of today is that a small thing down here has a huge effect above. So whether we're talking about our suffering down here, that's the first message, is that when we experience suffering down here and it feels like the end of the world, it feels like the worst, the worst, the worst. But one thing, I mean, this is like kind of like, common uh psycho psychological advice that people give is like if a person's in a very deep dark depression or and going through a really hard time as hard as it might seem in the moment to recognize it it will pass it might seem like this is it this is your whole life you're just going to feel this way god forbid 
but it will pass. Suffering passes. Suffering is not forever in this world. And as much as it seems so huge in our world, and again, not to minimize suffering here because people really do suffer in a bad way. And God, and hopefully, very soon, Mashiach will come and we won't experience any more of this suffering. But right now, when people are experiencing suffering, we really, it can be helpful to remember that this is just a minute aspect of suffering that we could experience in the afterlife. And so this is actually a gift because we're sort of like cheating the system by getting a little bit of suffering now instead of much suffering later on. Just like if a person works out a little bit every day, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is, it's saving them from years of suffering when they're older, years of back pain and different diabetes and things like that. And the second thing that we learned in today, the second emphasis is really not only just on the negative in terms of suffering, but also the positive effects of our actions. That when we do a mitzvah, when we do a small thing down here, it used to be the sacrifices that we'd bring, but really nowadays it can be uh, just mitzvahs that we do. These mitzvahs that we do have this huge transcendent effect above that we can't even imagine. It's like beyond scope of anything. So that's it for today. So keep uh, doing good and keeping this in mind and i'll speak to you tomorrow when we begin a new section of tanya called igaris hakodesh thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.